Hello, Russell here. I'm excited to share some of my conversation with Kahindi Andrews. Kahindi is an academic activist and author, professor of black studies at Birmingham City University, director of the Center of Critical Social Research, founder of the Organization of Black Unity and co-chair of the Black Studies Association. However, he is a Swedish white woman. I mean, I'm just saying things now for a laugh. He's obviously an English black person. Uh, This is a brilliant extract of the conversation between us. I've not fully decided actually which bit it is yet, so I can't be too specific, but I reckon it's one of the bits near the end of the podcast from Luminary where things lighten up a bit and we're having a bit more of a laugh at this difficult time dealing with how we're going to reorganise society, end brutality and create a fair society for all of us. And is that possible within the framework that currently exists? Answer is obviously no, but with the conversation with Kindy, you get a sort of a, an idea of the scale of the of the problem and where the solution might lie now this is on uh, luminary luminary's 2.99 a month with their annual plan it's a subscription model but everyone's doing it these days kids and you get a seven day free trial to get you started oh seven days perfectly free so do that go to luminarypodcast.com start your free trial get a free trial down your neck caramo's on there lena dunham's on there uh, trevor noah's on there um, who else do I like? Rain Wilson and uh, Reza Aslan. Go and do it. No, do what you want. I don't mean to put pressure on you. It's not available in all markets, by the way. Did you think it might be? A... No, I'm not going to sing a song about that. I do things like that, but this is a week where we're all being a bit more cool, a bit calmer. It's subject to local currency. You know how where you live, there's a local currency. Maybe you pay for things in boiled sweets. Well, there you are. <laughs> Terms apply. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that, route. Yes, that's, that, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. Because when you talk about revolutionary politics, people can turn off because... It can look so it's a big problem. If everything's broken, what do you do to fix it? But, you know, revolutionary change is the same as any kind of change. It starts at home. It starts piecemeal. It starts with little things that become big things. So we shouldn't avoid, we should never think it's too big to solve the problem. That is what happens, isn't it? Like, I feel like I'm, um, when people have like little flourishes of optimism about the police kneeling or like, you know, moments of, I see, look, it's going to be all right. Or like big peaceful marches of people of many many colors i feel like uh, and you must feel this a lot of the time surely like a bit of a party pooper going yeah but it's not structural change and actually that kind of liberalism can i introduce you to the wolf and the fox now the wolf is a clear predator the fox is a, a wily old son of a gun you know like it's sort of like how do like and i feel that it's the same with uh, other forms of revolutionary politics that you would set put under the umbrella of black radicalism as a form of like you know, is that people think that this is yeah a too big a task to contemplate that reaches out to I mean but what's the point if it doesn't help the kid in the Congo and that the suffering of all of us then it, it, we are only discussing superficial change and symptomless change. You, you can't. The thing about it is so all for progressive change like they're going to make small changes to make big changes, but just because something che- looks different doesn't mean it's changed. I think that's the key thing. So police kneeling isn't changed. And that's just not going anywhere. Like this, this, this complete nonsensical that if anything, it's just further embedding 
the problem because it's making you feel more comfortable towards the police who are probably one of the main problems with the way that racism is is, is delivered if you like um so the question is uh, what are the little things that are taking us in the right direction so the protest for example that's a good that's like whether i could say look the protests aren't going to change anything we've seen this before but the fact that you have thousands of people out on the streets thinking about these issues talking about these issues engaging with these issues that is a step in the right direction so the question is what's the next step in the right direction so that we don't come back around to where we are again in five years in a way we need to establish some very like some simple principles of like well we can no longer prioritize energy and profit over the sort of health of the planet as a whole you know that's a basic principle and and that what keeps coming up in this conversation at the, at the hard edge of the conversation about race is economics that until there is meaningful economic opportunity and that's going to require not that the, the the current system is divided up differently but that it is changed no, I mean, completely. I mean, even if you look at, and this is the big problem with America, you know, America, if you look about African Americans, they were taken to America because of slavery to do labor. That's the point. That's why there's 40 million African Americans in the country. Slavery ends, you don't need them anymore. You know, there's a boom in this, after the post war, there's a boom where you need workers and the people are getting, it gets somewhat better. Uh, but that's gone. I mean, look at the way work is going now. Work's just generally gone either to robotics or it's gone. Uh, to the developing world. That's what's causing these problems in America, is that you actually have 40 million people who the society cannot provide for. It's just not there, not there. Like, literally, and they're treated as surplus. So what do you do? What possible steps can you take other than radically rethinking the whole entire, the, the way the economy works? Because I guarantee there aren't enough jobs, well-paying, decent jobs in America for African-Americans to have equality. It doesn't exist. So what do you do? You have to, if you, well, if you accept that, then you have to accept you need to have a radical overhaul of the society yeah. oh bloody hell kindy well thank you i suppose like what i get from from this conversation what i feel like is that uh, collectively communally that we need to concretize some r radical ideas so that it's like so that we know what it is people are discussing so for in this conversation the idea of, of like <laughs> abolition of the police force abolition of the prison system meaningful uh re uh, like because like like you said there is a surplus uh, population due to the way that manufacturing industry has changed and it's yeah no prizes for guessing who's going to be the 40 million that that, that suffer so like uh, unless 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 the pinnacle of our achievement is no longer profit but a, a, an entirely different set of aims then this problem will continue to instantiate in various forms with the symptoms to some degree addressed but the underlying disease never altered yeah pretty much it sounds terrible doesn't it? i mean i think there's two no, there are two routes through out of it one of them is is the fact again of the whole we do really need to rethink capital just generally but if you want to look at psychosis look at the way that even though the world is literally going to end shortly if we don't change, people still don't change. So this is just tells you how impervious people are <laughs> to this basic facts, right? Um, but the other thing I say is just support the oppressed. I mean, look, there's been centuries of movements of people who are better placed to make the changes that we need. In some ways, like, this is the history of everything. Revolution, revolution is what tips 
things into a different and you have to say where is revolution going to occur where is it going to come from it's not going to come from white people in europe in america it's not like it's going to come from the oppressed and so we should be doing all that we can to support the oppressed to foment this revolution if that's what we want that's what i'd say right so at some point yeah thanks so at some point that's like going to mean that if if you know if not an armed struggle that's going to be the withdrawal of labor unionizing that that's where that that will come from like that this like the place the places that are most exploited the people that are most exploited recognizing that that they do have power collectively i suppose that's where some sort of global alliance of information and support could take place that you could have yeah an internationalist solution if that if there was you know if the, the where the support went where the focus went was to the to the most exploited and and i mean that not in a national sense but in an international sense if you think right okay so we've got to support the people that are working and then again you'd straight away be confronted with oh no we're fucking with the interests of some of the most powerful nations and corporate interests in the world how's this going to play on the nine o'clock news these people are terrorists these people they're pedophiles they're raping as soon as you start getting it anywhere near that stuff i mean yeah that is i mean that's the other problem is if you look at the the way that things are controlled now, I mean, it's, it's the next level of control, even in terms of um, the way that things are produced. So it's very rare you have a product that's produced in one place because capital understands if it's produced in one place, you can shut down that place and it doesn't exist. And then you, you stop production. Now, that's why things are produced in different parts all around the world, because you stop one place and just pick up somewhere else. Um, and then you look at the technologies of surveillance and I mean look, it's not an easy thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying it's gonna be it's gonna be straightforward. But at some point, if the you know, there's what, seven billion people on the planet, the West I mean, really only about two billion are doing decently. Most people are doing really bad. Like most people in the world don't have a toilet in their house. You know, I think sometimes we forget the scale of the problem. Outside the West is terrible. So if five billion people get together and say this has to end. It will end. It's just how do you get how do you get that that unity and that mobilization? I suppose what you'd need is a few educated and charismatic figures, some international anti-racist <laughs> Avengers, as it were, one of whom might wear a kimono in a dreadful reappropriation of another culture's <laughs> emblems. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. but no, but that's and that's the other thing is that actually. It's ironic because the technology to do the kind of thing that needs to be done is here. Like, it's here in a way that it wasn't here previously. Like, you can have... I've had conversations with just people in random like, crazy amount of countries during lockdown because of this. So, in some ways, the system's created the technology for us to have the unity that we need. But because we have a technology, we're less interested in actually having that unity. So it's totally ironic. But actually, the tools are there if we do want to build a genuine international movement i think that's what that's what we should all be doing actually is if we once you start having these conversations on a global level it totally changes the nature of the conversation my sense is that everybody would be happy happier if freed from this psychosis freed from the illusion that minor differences between people were worth elevating that material privileges and comforts while of course hugely seductive if you can free yourself again with a spirituality kahindi if you can free yourself from the wanting if you can free yourself from the wanting and needing like if you can become master of yourself instead of master of others then you are granted a cut now you are free to start thinking all oh, right now now i have a mission now i have purpose i mean i think when you think of 
of the sort of nihilism, loss, emptiness, banality of contemporary Western life? You know, what is it you're going to do? Climb some tiny little ladder in whatever chosen field, whether it's a good one or a bad one that you've ended up in? Or are you going to be part of something transcendent and glorious? Now, when people start talking that way, Hitler, it always, <laughs> it starts, it starts getting a little bit shaky, but I still think, I still believe in, I think that somehow you can reach into people, you can reach beyond their, the narrow set of beliefs that we all of us have and awaken something in them that is great. I think that there is a greatness. No, it's, it's possible. I don't, I don't want to say it's not possible. Of course it's possible. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap up on a high. Yeah. You've got you got to write 20 things tomorrow for Guardian readers to sort their shit out. <laughs> you can't even support me in my cockeyed optimism. No, look, I, look I, I think that... I guess, yeah, I guess that... Yeah, that's what I think that is. That's the, yeah, that's the thing, right? Look, there will be revolutionary movements. I think that's probably the route that this changes. Um... I think the message for me would be, look, it will be nice. I think you're probably right. Look, maybe I'm a bit too pessimistic about the the capacity of people to overcome their material benefits. Um, and I would love to be proved wrong on this. Love to be proved wrong. It'd be great if it happened. But I guess the, the point is that we can't wait for people to get on board. We're just going to do what we're going to do. If you want to get on board, get on board. But if not, the train's going anyway. And if that train's successful, it's going to overturn the system anyway. And you'll have to get on board. So... I don't see you as pessimistic or optimistic. I see you as authentic, authentic. And, and when you speak, you speak from a place of knowledge and understanding. And I also see you as like kind. That's how I see you, Cause, which I think is a good tool to have when you're going around telling people that they are neurotic, <laughs> mentally <laughs> ill, and everything's got to be dismantled. <laughs> If you do with a smile on your face, people will appreciate it more. He's lovely, that guy who says we've got to deconstruct our lovely, comfortable house. <laughs> Thank you. If you enjoyed that conversation, join me over at Luminary for the latest episode of Under the Skin. Go to luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. See you there.